Okay, DraftKings, y'all better talk to us nice. <laughs> We're your future. Hello. You know what I'm saying? You might have to see us in the metaverse and everything about to be taken over by women at this point. Before they get in your business, be in charge of your business. Own it because it's your business. Your business, business. Handle all of your business. Value all of your business. You say you're minding your business. My business. What's up, what's up, good people? I'm Renee Montgomery. Welcome in to Montgomery and Co. And the Co is for company, also family. We're in the building again. And speaking of family, we got the homie Monica McNutt, who is the ESPN Miss Everything, coming on, talk a little sports, talk a little WNBA. We also have head coach of the women's basketball team at JSU, Coach Tamika Reed. Cole is going to make it make sense. And last time she said, catch her outside. I don't even know what she's going to tell y'all about. You're going to have to find out when you hear it. And then last but not least, we are not going to let this podcast go by without talking about the Atlanta Dream, who is number one right now. We're tied for that with a four-and-run record. Tanisha Wright, shout out to the whole crew. We're coming through. It's WNBA season. Let's go! What's up? What's up? All right. Listen, I'm feeling good. And if you don't know why I'm feeling good, y'all better start watching the WNBA. Okay. I'm feeling good because the Atlanta dream is looking good. I would be feeling good if we weren't for one anyway. But anyways, I'm excited. We have players that are playing well together. There's a lot happening. And speaking of players, Forbes came out with their list. Yes, that list that they always come out with. And it's where the money reside, where the money reside list. And these are some familiar names that you might know where the money resides. LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry. Here's an interesting thread of those three who are, of course, on the list. They all own a thriving media company. There's a little nugget. Shouts to RME. We got a little something going on there. But Serena Williams is also on that list. She's behind a venture capital firm with a new $111 million fund. $111 million fund, Naomi Osaka, has more than 20 corporate partners and is, is the founder of a skincare lineup. Tom Brady just added a massive partnership with the cryptocurrency exchange, FTX, and he's launched his own NFT platform called Autograph. Do you see a theme here? I'm just wondering if you see a theme. The theme is more than. The theme is athletes doing more than just their job. Now, listen, don't get me wrong. The athletes are making great money at their jobs, but athletes are making a lot of money doing other things. So I know there was a lot of sentiments about athletes and speaking out and doing more and distractions. But at the end of the day, when you look at this Forbes list and you see the three plus billion dollars that the 50 athletes on that list have made, it's a lot of more than on there. So I'm going to continue chugging along. I look at that list as motivation because when I see the number that those people are doing, it's a generational thing. And as you guys know, that's important to us here. So when you start to make $111 million in one year, you are changing generations to come of your family. And that's goals to me. So go get your money, everybody. So listen, you guys, we got to talk about it because the streets is talking about it. Everybody's talking about it. The Atlanta dream. OK, I don't know if a lot of people thought we would be here. I don't even know 
what people thought because we didn't really care. We just had our heads down. We went to work. But four and one to start out the season four and one. Now, let me add something else to that. What if we told you that we were going to start the season four and one and that Tiffany Hayes wouldn't have played in a game yet for the Atlanta Dream? I don't know if people would have thought that that would have been a thing. So we're here. The Atlanta Dream is really exciting. And, and I have to give a shout out to Next Hoops because they did a MoCo takeover. So a lot of people were talking about how you can't watch the local games if you're locally there because it gets blacked out. So it gets blacked out on the WNBA League Pass. It'll get blacked out on TV because if your local broadcast is playing, it is blacked out. So Next Hoops wanted to partner with Montgomery and company to do a takeover so that on the away games, because obviously the home games, y'all are going to be at Gateway Center Arena. So y'all are going to watch the home games live with us. So on the away games, though, we're going to do a MoCo takeover by Next Hoops, and we're going to bring you live tweets during the game. When I say live tweets, you can feel like you're there. Go back, look at the page. You can feel like you're in the game. The live tweets will tell you the runs that the dream is on, what's going on. Oh, by the way, we have a number one pick, City of Atlanta. I need you to get behind a star. We have a number one pick that is balling out. The first rookie to score 100 points in her first five games oh by the way she was the eastern conference player of the week ryan howard get to know that name sorry you guys y'all are gonna hear all about it we are team atlanta and we're here okay <laughs> yes man no ryan she i told her she she said it herself she said my job is to bring the team buckets so i'm a walking bucket and that's <laughs> that's exactly what she is like dang like what what didn't she have like isn't she like the first rookie to have 100 points in the first five games or something like that oh you must not have been able to hear me no i didn't hear that oh i just said it literally oh my bad my bad <laughs> <laughs> steve martin also a prop comic look i'm just gonna say it like this we need it right about time we about to be a nightmare and the fact that tiffany hayes hasn't even stepped foot on the court mm, crazy i know man I, is I, about I'm, to, I'm we are about us. to be a i'm problem. scared of us when <laughs> tiffany comes out for real a problem, a problem. This is great. Well, Renee, and, and you said too, people uh, are starting to believe it. Hey, you know, I'm I'm just starting to believe it myself because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was here last year and, you know, it wasn't all that great. And so when you're starting something new and exciting, you know, you don't expect to jump to the top at the very beginning. But to just jump on up there and be like, you belong. So if you think you belong up there, I'm hoping you stay up there. there you I go. like that, yeah. Snook. If you are who you say you are, show up, stand up. And no, I really am proud for the Rook because, you know, there was a, you know, I'm sure, I think I saw something about, you know, there was a lot of question on who was the real number one pick. And so that's always going to be up for debate. People do mock drafts 20 years down the road. Like, oh, would you go back and change the draft? But for her to play well at the beginning of her rookie season, I know there's no better feeling. Yes. Yeah, man. And, and honestly, it, it really has brought a whole new energy to the dream. Like, I feel like people can definitely feel it just looking at the dream, looking, you know, even attending the games and everything, even just definitely. watching the games, even if you're not there. You know, first of all, the games when you're there, the home games have been sold out. And so when you're watching the broadcast now, it's like, oh, wow. Like, hold on, hold on. It, it, look, it looks the, just the energy is a little different, you know, like you feel the excitement. Excitement, and then now, I mean, obviously, you can't help but to notice the difference in scores. You know, like usually the Atlanta Dream for the three years that I've been following the Atlanta Dream, we haven't usually come out this strong in the past few years. So the fact that oh, speaking of that, I'm glad you said that because Tanisha Wright has the best record wow. uh, in Dream history as a starting coach.
coach. Four and one is the best record in dream history for a beginning coach. So I know we're, we were speaking on Ryan Howard, but there's a lot of people that are playing well. Hey, Miss Parker. Yes. Okay. New mommy. Shouts to Ari. Shouts to a lot of players playing well. We're just solid all around. Like I love, I love how tough, how the toughness that Christy Wallace brings. We know Erica Wheeler is a leader. It's just like we have a lot going on there. We know Kia Vaughn is our vocal leader. There's just so many players that Nas, we know Nas going to give you hustle. It's just all around. You know that there's so many players that are helping us play well. And so well, I'm looking at everybody. I mean, like I'm shouting the out the whole squad. Too, you know, like honestly, like I was talking about the broadcast. When you look at them just from the outside looking in, you just see like the bench, like they're all like talking to each other. Yeah. They're all giving each other high fives. You know, it's just like I said, a different energy. You know, like usually people would really be just like worried about the score that, you know, like wouldn't be able to just let loose a little bit. Now you kind of feel you, you feel like the players are in the game, but they're also enjoying the game as well. Right. And I like to give a shout out to the owners and the administration because it took a vision <laughs> and it took a whole lot of work to yes, get you to where you are. I mean, the gym is fantastic. From what I understand, the workout place is better than, than it's ever been. And uh, Look and, at my snookabooka. Shout out. Look at look at my snookabooka. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Morgan, I don't know. You know, I've just met you. But from what I can see <laughs> on the outside looking in, you all are doing a, just a bang-up job. So keep banging. <laughs> Keep banging. I, <laughs> That's a, Snook, you always say some wild statements, but we're going to just rock with it. <laughs> Keep banging ATL Dream, and we'll see y'all at Gateway Center yes. Arena tomorrow, Friday. Since we're talking about women's sports, I, I saw a tweet that I thought was pretty wild. And so I didn't expect it, but I like it. And I like where sports is heading. This is from Front Office Sports. And it says, reports show that women are now joining sports betting apps at a much faster rate than men. Last year alone, FanDuel added 1.7 million female users, while DraftKings brought in an estimated 900,000 women. Wow. Now, this is very interesting because... From what we've known since the beginning of time is that men control the sports, advertise to men for sports, men, 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 you know, like, you know, who run the world? They thought men. So it's like this is getting really interesting now because we've been saying a lot of stats that no one cares about. You know, viewership is up when it comes to women's sports. Oh, yeah. Attendance is up when it comes to women's sports. But if betting is up when it comes to women, I think that things are going to start getting interesting for real, for real. I have a theory about that. Let's hear it, Cole. I think that women have been calling a lot of the stuff for, for the husband since the beginning of time. Like, you know, <laughs> your husband would be like, I don't think they're going to win. Like, ah, I can see him winning. I think the men actually got <laughs> some of this insight from women, but the men were just putting the money out Women there. were the insiders, you know? Cole. Are you I'm saying women you. been the insiders? <laughs> we got that women's intuition. <laughs> I'm telling you, because even like sometimes when I'm watching the football games and I'll be like, oh, there's no way this, that, the other. And then it happens. And it's like, I wonder if that's happening and the men are actually like, you know what, you know, you're right. I might put some money on that and put some money on not just their theory, but also their wife's theory. Because, you know, most people who gamble, <laughs> they like to gamble different ways. Like they they'll say they'll okay. take different people's opinions. Like I know. for Don't a fact, put all your eggs in a basket theory. Yeah. Okay. Like I, I know for a fact we have some family members who will ask you, what's your favorite number? And you'd be like, huh? Yeah. Or pick four numbers. And then like, I'm, oh, 21. I'm playing, I'm, yeah. They'll, or they'll be like, oh, I'm playing the numbers tonight. So I needed some different numbers. So they get different people's input because mm. they put in for different things. So I'm like, maybe they've always been the background. 
I like that behind theory. some of this betting. So women have always been the insiders. I <laughs> like that go. conspiracy theory. Well, yeah. well, let me just say this. Back in my day, you know, before the lotteries became very popular, they had street numbers when I lived in Detroit. And so every day there was a three-digit street number and people in the neighborhood, you know, took these numbers or whatever. But from what I remember back when I was little, there was far more women playing street numbers than there were men. Hmm. Wow. This is interesting. We uh, we do know that ESPN just started the WNBA fantasy basketball this year. So there's more moving in that space. But let me find out that women, I'm just saying, if women are entering the conversation of sports this heavily to where DraftKings, shouts to DraftKings, by the way. Hey, fam. <laughs> if if, if DraftKings and the betting companies are starting to notice, well, wait a minute, the numbers you know, the sign-up numbers are a much faster rate on the women's side. I think things are going to start getting real interesting in women's sports. But also, too, hey, okay, DraftKings, y'all better talk to us nice. <laughs> <laughs> We're your future. Hello. You know what I'm saying? You might have to see us in the metaverse and every everything about to be taken over by women at this point. Yeah, they Oh, are. hey. As I said, uh, we, we're building fans. Uh, so, you know, fans are what keep the betting going because, you know, they're out there and they're telling people what monies they drop and that kind of thing or who they're who they like. And so that's one of the things that's helping uh, betting become more popular. That's true. You know? Yeah. You know, it's interesting because you talk about the fam, uh, the fans and and they are. That's another thing, too. It's like fans are your support system. So these but honestly, Snook, in the betting space, a lot of people are betting on things they're not a fan of, but they're a fan of the sport. And speaking of fans, I got to give a shout out to our biggest fam because here at MoCo, Montgomery and Company, the short version is MoCo. Yes, we know it means snot, booger, all of that. You might get slime because we're like Nickelodeon over here. But anyways, shouts to our fam, Matt Pinelli, because my guy bought two season tickets, but that's not just the thing. He bought two season tickets to the Atlanta Dream Home Games, and then he passed the moment and gave those two season tickets away because he wanted people in Atlanta. He don't even live here, y'all. He doesn't even live here in ATL. He just wanted to show support. So, Matt, your fam, anybody that watches the show is fam of the show because we're family around here. But, Matt, your fam, I feel like you're our number one fam. And, and look, if anybody has a dispute about that, we could talk to us about it because Matt just bought two season tickets. He didn't have to do it, but he did. But man, at Realist Lamb on Twitter, we want to show you love. Hey, and, and another thing, Matt uh, did a video for me dancing and not too many people dance for me. So Matt, the stuff you say is just, there's a lot of double meanings, but she, you know, Matt danced for, Matt danced for Snook. This is a fact. It was it was a dance that could be on Twitter, so don't you know what I'm saying? Don't be getting crazy out here, folks. We don't want y'all sending dances to Snook on social media, hoping to get shouted out. It ain't that type of party. Yeah. <laughs> so big shouts to our guy at Realist Lamb. Monica McNutt, who is an ESPN Miss Everything. She's an host, an analyst, reporter that you can actually watch right now in the Eastern Conference Finals.
Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Monica McNutt, listen, I don't even know how to describe you. I like that you said sports talker, hoop head. So I'm going to go with that because I think that you're one of those people that it's like, I remember when you're going to be like lit, lit, lit. You're already lit, but I just feel like it's going to be really wild. Let's go back to what draft did we randomly when we were both getting started? What was it? The 2019 draft? Something like that. Yeah. On the 2019 draft, Monica and I first got linked up. It was through at this Anscape now. Yes. But at that time, it was called... The Undefeated. The Undefeated. The Undefeated. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's when we first got linked up. And I remember telling Serena, I'm like, yo, that was lit. We had no preparation. <laughs> zero. <laughs> we, was we had yeah. zero prep. And it just turned out being lit. And then Monica and I started to be paired up, linked up just randomly ever since then. If you don't know, you should know, folks, that Monica is everywhere you see on TV. (laughs) She's calling the WNBA. And I say this in a good way. We want you calling all the WNBA stuff, all the women's stuff, because you give flavor that's fresh and new. But also not only that, calling things on the NBA side, just all over. And so I'm just curious, in 2019, when we were sitting there calling the WNBA draft like what did you think was like the big at that time compared to now because it's not that far ago if you think about it job working with you on the undefeated <laughs> Instagram page it's like this is Renee Montgomery like woo-hoo. <laughs> but you know what Renee honestly that was the pandemic draft like there was so much uncertainty around everything yeah. let oh, alone so that was your 2020. professional that was 2020 then not 2019 yeah it was 2020 okay yeah. so 2020 get us the fact checking us thank you like y'all I mean y'all know it was like okay we're just gonna take it literally day by day um and so i think for me doing television in my basement was just the wildest place to kind of hit the scene <laughs> okay thank you guys if you say so like, <laughs> okay. no so it's interesting though so okay so you pulled up on the scene we were with anscape i'm just gonna call him anscape now and now in 2022 fast forward to look at where the women's game is and everything going on now you call the women's game and i'm gonna ask you a question that people ask me and i never have an answer to so i'm just curious what your answer is to when they say it like what is it going to take? Because we see the numbers now. You know, we've we gotten the stats together. We see the numbers are going up. We see the demand is there. We know that the players, they're all the way embracing just being fully authentically them. What is it going to take for the buy-in when it comes to the big money from the sponsors? You're in the TV industry. Like, why aren't there more pre-games and post-games? Like, what is it going to take to get to that level, basically? I think in the conversation of buy-in, we are probably at about 65%. And a lot of that is because of the pressure of the climate, if we're honest. And so I think there's still more buy-in to be had. Yeah, I can see that. And what do you mean by that? Well, I, like women's sports are hot right now. Yes, you know are. what I'm saying? Like if you don't have a representation in the women's landscape, you know what I'm saying? Like, and so I think right now it's easy. And you think that's all the way around. Like you think women's sports is hot. Like you think that. Fortune 500 companies will be saying that and being like, we got to throw the bag at these women athletes. Like they're hot right now. Like 
Do you think people are really like feeling that? I do think that. I think I don't, I'm, I'm in New York, y'all. Sorry if y'all hear that siren. I was trying to mute my mic real quick. It didn't work. It didn't work. <laughs> um, so <laughs> listen, I do think right now, and I think this is progress. I don't want to negate the progress that we've made, but I do think it's easy right now. It is okay, WNBA players on the cover of Sports Illustrated having conversations about women being empowered and celebrating their bodies in a different way from Sports Illustrated's of the past. It is big corporations partnering with athlete of your choice, insert here. It is having women on your broadcast. Cool. But like, Becky Hammond still didn't really get a legitimate look as an NBA head coach, right? And like, Natasha Cloud tweets out the other day about how the W players are still traveling commercial and we're still living in part of a pandemic. She winds up in health and safety protocols, right? We still have a tremendous drop off for youth girls in sports after the age of 13. And so the progress that we've made is positive, but I think progress can't just be for visibility. It has to truly empower. And when I think that will trickle down sincerely, that's when we'll see the changes at the top. Absolutely. No, I love it. And the reason I'm asking you is because I think that the way that things are going to change as well is when you have hip, fresh, new blood and the the way that you do broadcasting, the way that you present the game, I think it's dope. That's why I'm like, look, let's snag her for our side and do your thing on the NBA too. Of course, (laughs) I think get you a girl that can do both. But speaking of that, you're doing Twitter spaces and you're doing different things. And so tell me about what you're doing with Twitter. You know, Miss the WNBA is so important is going to be there with you. So yes, talk about girl. that a little bit. Okay, time out. I'm going to talk about that. But first, I want you to know our first opening weekend, Carolyn and I were sitting there and Carolyn goes, I miss Renee. Aww. I was like, yeah. I was like, you're on TNT. I mean, on Turner. I was like, you know she was yelling like she always does. She said, she's still yelling. I said, girl, yeah, you know. You better know it. you. Yes. We do miss you in studio. Peck was like, her little pink heater. I miss that girl. Her little bag. <laughs> Man, listen. Miss Piggy died, by the way. It fell off say, of the desk. R.I.P. Yeah. We're talking Aww. about my heater. I take a space heater every studio I go to because I'm just I need to be in my zone but yeah man what you got going on girl so anyway just gotta you know <laughs> let you know that that's happening okay so Twitter spaces is actually really dope the league reached out and was like yo we got this bigger deal with Twitter we're gonna do 25 spaces through the duration of the season taking into September are you down to work alongside Ari Ivory are you kidding me like that's a no-brainer Literally, Ari and I met, God, that had to be, what, 2015? She's patrolling the sidelines of the Washington Mystics games. I was working for the Round Ball Report, local TV at the time. It's just been a really dope space. We had our first one Monday night. We've got guests lined up. We had some conversations with fans toward the end. And fans were asking really intelligent and engaged questions. And kind of the slogan that came out of our first one was, pick a city and pull up. Because, I mean, there was just so much curiosity. Nice. I like that. That is really dope. And so when I see you, I think like, huh, okay, so you can do whatever you want to do. Like, you should know that. You did the NBA All-Star Game. Boom, killed that. You did the WNBA draft you did NCAA I saw you covering that so like what does someone like you want to do like what are those like what are things that it's like ah I want it it's on my goal list like what does it look like for you all right so don't laugh (laughs) y'all we don't laugh at dreams my big top circle and gold letters television goal is hosting a game show like see Barbie slide over let me get some family feud you are literally my spirit animal how do I feel about that Serena Oh my gosh, she wants to do her own game show. Like that's what she wants to do. Yeah, yeah. Pair up 
We need to. We got to pull this off. Why yes. we, okay, let's rewind to the fact that you thought we would laugh oh, at something goodness. that's very obtainable for you to I do. Know, right? That's now. not funny at all. That seems very, very real. You know, people want to be like, oh, cover the Super Bowl, get this exclusive interview. No, I just want to bring people together. Let's play games. Bring us You family few bring us on. We are there. I was just about to say, y'all need to be on Family Feud. Okay, Monica, before I say what I have to say, I want to say, I always look and find out what hairstyle does Monica have? I love your haircuts. <laughs> so let me just get that out oh, right man. away. But anyway, what you mentioned just now just brought it to my attention because I've talked to Renee and I keep saying this. I think there's a lack of diversity and gender equity. What do you think about that? And how do you think we can bring more diversity to things like commercials, TV shows, oh, marketing? Snooki, you with a real, a real deal a question. Real journalism a question right there. <laughs> well, Mama, may I call you Mama oh, Snook? Yes, um, you certainly may. I think that's a very powerful question. And I think for me, as I have observed different friends in industries as well as my industries, the decision makers have to look more like us for it to start to trickle down. Toyota makes me smirk because, God, this had to be, what, 2014? <laughs> I was working in Florida. And I'll never forget, they had a commercial and it was like, four black homegirls, like for some little car. And I remember saying to my friends, like, I just want to be a voiceover artist on commercials. And then I turned around and the girl in the backseat of the car had a short haircut like mine. And I was like, y'all, that's me. And it was like this hilarious <laughs> moment. <laughs> um, and so I think this is interesting too, because marketing also reflects regions. Yeah. And I grew up in Prince George's County, just Ooh, outside of DC, Maryland. where I saw black commercials and black professionals all the time. Yep. And so it was only when I moved away that I kind of realized how whitewashed things were elsewhere. But again, I think it takes a certain level of intention and deliberateness for your campaigns and your company to truly represent gender equity, inclusion, diversity in a real and empowering way and not just a token way. And so that's going to come from decision makers facts, that are about their facts, business. Facts, facts, facts. Okay, okay. She gave you a real big girl yeah. answer too. Uh, yeah, and I just want to say I'm ready for it whenever it happens. Yeah. I hope it's in my lifetime. <laughs> yeah, it's coming. Yeah. It's, it's, it's coming. It's absolutely it's coming. coming. It's coming. coming. Yeah. And when, and when you say in a token way, what, what do you mean? What do you mean exactly? I think it's easy for... A company, a team, whatever hypothetical group of people you want to use, I think it's one thing to check a box and say we have all these people represented. It's another thing to empower them to feel like they can voice their opinions, mm -hmm. their concerns. Like a diversity hire, as people yes. call it, yeah. or something yes. like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yes. brings so many NFL questions, but we'll just mm -hmm. slide on. We'll, well, we'll slide well, on well, past well. that and all. End racism. I know, right? Well. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Well. 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 I like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll slide past that and hope Magic gets on board and gets a team and just starts because, there. Because, you know, talking about the token piece, it's almost like when I go to look for schools and every picture is one African-American, you know mm -hmm. that they have probably that one or two in the entire school. They just said, hey, we need to put somebody black on this front page. They need to, we need to, because that's <laughs> the thing. It's just that they want people to see it up front. It's nothing behind it. It's just that, oh, we had to have some black people in there. So let me put this one up here to show. And I agree. It's like when you see that, they say, well, she's a female. And she's an athlete, but it's like, okay, well, what about the equality of more than just having one particular person be the face for every single commercial, every single, you know, yeah. it has to be spread amongst everyone so that everyone can feel included. And that's 
you're right. It has to come from the top because that's the only recognizing that you're going to have is from the top. So 100% Cole. I agree with you. I had a conversation with Valerie Jarrett a couple months ago for another podcast series that I'm working on. And at the time, y'all, I won't have to get into this deeply, but Renee, I know you were thinking, and Mama Snook, I know you would think I could tell by that question. <laughs> I said to Valerie, there is an element to diversity which acknowledges that we all will not agree. Yeah. And I don't know if we talk about that side of the coin, right? With that being okay, though, it's okay, though. Right, right. Yeah. Right. And even still, and even despite the ways we disagree, find the thing that we do agree on, right? Yes. So anyway, it's a whole nother thing. Yes. No, I, I, mean, I know. That's, yeah, if you that's know, a, you know. That's, that's what you have to, you have to finish that with, if you know, you know. <laughs> if you know, you <laughs> right. know. Exactly. But to some people, what could be considered diverse is not exactly diverse to another group of people. Like some people might say, oh yes, look, we have a diverse, uh, you know, executive team or something. And, and I mean, not for nothing, let's say, for example, that could be all white women. And to them, you know, because women are, are considered a minority, that is diversity. But to another group of, of women, that might not be the diversity mm-hmm. that we're looking that's for. True. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. And so there's so many ways to go into that. So yeah, you're right. We're going to just throw that pass for another <laughs> table day. We'll leave it under that. Pal. And then the last thing I wanted to just ask you, well, actually there's two things, but with the type of job you have, I always like to ask busy people, like what does your work personal life balance? How do you do that? For instance, Serena and I, I love you, baby. We haven't even been on a honeymoon yet. It's been, we're two, we're y'all two years. Crazy. <laughs> we're two Shame years on y'all. Shame on us. I saw that you like to get away for a week at a time. I've seen you tweet about it. So like, oh, that sounds like a dream. What does that self-care look like? Like, what do you do like to balance out? Um, Who I need to talk to more, Renee or Serena when I'm getting y'all on honeymoon? Like, who do I need to zone, Renee, zone in on? Okay. Nah, nah, it's, it's both of us. We, we both love to work though. <laughs> I think if I'm honest... Um, I got laid off twice in a span of three years. And so I was completely without and uncertain whether it would return in a way that I could call making my living and not just a hobby. And so during that time, I still teach cycle classes for a hobby thing now. But then it was part of my job. Like I was substitute teaching. I was doing all of these things that I do not have time to do when I'm busy now. Right. right. And so that season of my life really showed me the train is going to keep moving with or without me. And so I have to prioritize myself. So there is never a perfect time. In fact, I had to tell our good boss, Sarah Gallero, that I'm going to be on an island during part of the WBA playoffs. And Ooh. while I was like, ooh, I also was like, well, this is when Bay is available, so this is when we're going, and personal life, <laughs> period, right? That's what's up, um, though. Yeah, so Prioritize. for me, it's, it's, like it that. is a, yeah, I got to, because I can't, the saying is you can't pour from an empty well. Mm. And I think because all the things that we do yeah. are so highly visible, the saying. minute that you ain't right, it's all over the internet and you're not yes. going to be able to Facts. live it down. Yes. So you, you know what I'm saying? Yes. Like you have to take care of yourself because the asks will That's never true. stop. Man, I'm a, you know what I'm saying? Let me just, I'm going to take a little note, take all the nuggets. <laughs> you, know you, drop, you drop some gems when you said you was going to have to miss a chunk of that. And that's when Bay is available and a bloop. And that's that. So, <laughs> woo, Monica. No, but you, there was a word there for me. Like, even as I started to do Montgomery and Company podcast, and I knew that we already, like, we started remotely Renee, then got into Take Line, and then Montgomery and Company got picked up by the Lebertard and Friends Network. And I knew we wanted to, like, blow this up. And it was like once you get to a certain level of busy you have to really start prioritizing all right what things are in your career path you can't stretch yourself too thin yeah and be strategic because like you said we like 
you want to do everything. You don't really got the time to do it. So I'm going to take that nugget. And the last thing that I'm going to ask you, because as you can see here, everything we do is building up family. We have a family business, everything. And so it's a generational thing here. And I'm just cur curious, like, what does generational wealth like mean to someone like you, especially now if you said, you know, you've been to both sides of the coin where you don't know what's going to happen. And then now where I hope that things are going well enough for you that you're comfortable. Um, ooh, generational wealth is, is a great question. Um, I think in my family, that discussion is around owning property. Um, I actually, what are we? Uh, coming up on a year in July, I purchased my grandmother's home. It got sold to somebody else in between because, you know, she ain't had a vision, but I love you, God rest your soul. Anyway, um, <laughs> I got it back. Thank you. Yeah. I think property is a great way to start building that and then having the vision. Like the house mm -hmm. is in D.C. If I sold it tomorrow, I've already made money, but that's not where I'm at. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think doing it in ways that support you. And then my mom's mom, girl, she used to run these things called susus, which is she took it from... <laughs> I don't know if y'all familiar, but Snook she took wild, it from... so I think Snook must know what's going <laughs> on here. She took it from um, a lot of the island women that she worked with at Howard University Hospital. And basically, every time you got paid, you put $10 in the bucket, and there were 10 people in it. So every month, one of the people got the entire lump sum, right? Oh, and of course, she did wow. bigger numbers, but it allowed people to have large sums of cash on hand to do things to avoid accruing debt per the American Standard way. Um, and so my grandmother has always been one who's like, it's not how much you make, it is what you do with it. Um, and so for me, as much as generational wealth is attached to the actual objects or the number in the bank account, it is also the mindset and how you think about money yes, and things. Yes, I love, love it. that. What is the name of that club again? Susus. I've heard of, we have, they're big. That, yes. war that warms my heart to hear that because I'm from the Dominican Republic. And so we have, we call it sociedad in Spanish. I didn't even know that another term for it or English uh, a term for it, yeah. but Susu, sociedad almost sounds a little yeah. bit similar. I'm like, yeah. oh my similar. God. Yeah. The, and it, that's, that warms my heart to hear that like just how how the similarities and cultures and things we like that. We need to start so a cool. susu club for people like me, you, Monica that we got a little bit of change but not a, a like you bit. know what I'm saying? We got a little bit to mm -hmm. throw to the side and then we just go start buying percentages of things and buying into so we might need to start to do that. There's different, you know what I'm saying? There's levels. I'm sure that's basically what people are doing but of course. I got I can't let you go without asking you about WNBA this season. What are your thoughts, man? Like who who's the power 5 in your mind cuz I don't like asking the top one team there's just too many good teams so who's the top like teams I'm just going to leave it open that you think is like what's going on man like or, and who actually and then I also want to know who's the teams of those top teams that you think really not going to make the distance though and we, and we and we know we know it's a little early it's early it's early but I've seen enough games I've been watching all the games so it's early and Monica on the back side of that who do you think is going to be better than projected oh. um, okay Mama Snook now listen I was going to, <laughs> I was going to butter Renee up but sincerely to your question I do think y'all might be some up to something in Atlanta hey. I was so thrilled to see the hire of Tanisha Wright yep. and the way that Ryan Howard started her season yes. um, as a rook in the league I'm like okay what y'all got cooking over there we don't have over here, we gonna keep it quiet until, <laughs> until people, yes. other people see it. Something's happening, but go yes. ahead. That's why, you know what I'm saying? saying. <laughs> okay, um, so top teams. I think Vegas looked great opening weekend. I'm curious to see what this new look, completely renovated Sparks squad looks like. Yeah. Um, I think Chicago obviously returns their core. So you got to see if they can get through a season healthy. What does that look like? And then for me, D.C. That's like, what I was going to ask you about. That's my hometown squad. I 
I like what they're trying to do with Elena Deladon in terms of the low management piece with her back. But I think Alicia Clark also returning someone with plenty yeah. of championship experience is a sneaky piece. And then I don't think you can sleep on Seattle. Like, I think there's a little bit more urgency maybe around Sue. And mm-hmm. she obviously has the complement of weapons that can get it done as well. So what are we thinking about when it comes to Connecticut? You know, like a, a lot of people are saying this got to be their year considering like, you know, like they've been a favorite for a couple years and not necessarily to win it all, but one of the top teams. So like, are they going to get that push and get to, I don't know, is it championship or bust? Like, because they pretty much make it far a lot. Yeah, I mean, John Quar herself opening weekend basically said it's championship or bust in so many words Um, in terms of them being really disappointed last year. It was weird because I had a chance to call some of their broadcasts last year and I think she would be willing to cop to this. I don't know what happened to her in the yeah. playoffs. I think as great as Alyssa Thomas is, the chemistry was a little wonky Um, adding her in late. I just think the league is no joke, Renee. Like, right. I don't to tell you. That's you know what, what I'm saying? Like, Yes. yes, reigning MVP. <laughs> like, yes, a squad. You return Courtney Williams. Like, Dewana Bonner's coming back. Like, yes, sure, on paper. But it's sometimes you got to get a little lucky, man. That's true. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, the stars have to be aligned. Yeah. Facts. You have mm-hmm. to stay healthy, first of all. There's so many factors, but I'm just glad you said that. I'm going to let you go on that because I think that people don't realize that, you know, we've been saying it a lot. And I know that people have been preaching it, but 144 is a very, very small number. And so if you're looking at the amount of players coming out of college every year, the amount of players staying in the league every year, 144 just doesn't seem big enough anymore to me. And so it's like, I'm glad that you just put like every team is about to be stacked at this point because it's only going to be a bunch of all Americans, all stars available until we kind of expand this thing. So do you think like if you had to pick two cities, I'm sorry to do this. I don't like picking them either. Where are you going for the expansion? Two cities. Okay. As the little girl that fell in love with the WNBA, it breaks my heart that there's nothing in Houston anymore. Houston Comets. I've been saying, hey, did you see Mike Evans? Yeah. Um, NFL player Mike Evans just tweeted that he would be interested in buying it back into Houston. So that's just a side note there. Oh, okay. Good to know. So Houston, because of my heartstrings. And then I'm torn whether I would want to see the league continue to expand out west or make this East Coast run super popping. Because mm-hmm. I feel like a, if you throw a team in Charlotte, like it's a yes! good yes. spot where, you know what I'm saying, like you could Perfect. travel from Atlanta, maybe travel from D.C., like it's a fan base there. But I also feel like, and I have heard that that Bay Area, Sacramento crew, yeah, it's like going there. Mean, the, the it's Monarchs going there. back in the day. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. going there. Like the Bay Area is already prepping the area. They're talking to the people. They're getting the city ready. I feel like the Bay Area, something's already brewing over there. But I agree. I think yeah, I'm bringing with the you. Houston I want, Comets. I want the East Coast. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if you even call Charlotte them the Comets, but if you bring a Houston team back, yeah, Charlotte would be lit too. But if you bring these teams to these areas, of course, us East Coasters are going <laughs> to love it. But you know the Bay is going to get one of those. Oh, it's coming. Absolutely. This was so fun, y'all. Thanks for having I me. I appreciate yeah. it. Yes, Monica. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. you are obviously fam, so you're anytime. welcome back anytime. But thank you for joining us yes. on MoCo. No problem. Yes, thank you. It's so nice to meet you. I was about to say, same thing, Mama Snook and Cole. It was so, I've heard so many good things about y'all, so it was good to meet y'all. <laughs> makes sense. So Cole's going to talk about money. Not just money. Money that you borrow from someone else, a.k.a. a loan. Student loans, business loans. Cole, make it make sense. Okay, everyone. Let's make it make sense. 
thousand dollars. I try to touch on topics that are about everyday people because I am everyday people. I sit on my couch, I look at the news, I look at articles on my phone, and I look at stuff and I'm like, what's really happening? What is going on? Make this make sense. And so my new make it make sense for this week is $39,000. That is the amount of the average student loan debt. And that part right there is what we're going to talk about today because I need someone to make it make sense for me. That number's ridiculous to me. It's high. It's crazy. I don't understand how this happens, but the part that really gets me is is that when you're 18, you graduate, your parents are proud. Everyone's like, oh, where are you going? I'm going to college. It's almost like the Disneyland commercial. You go, where are you off to? I'm going to college. And so these financial institutions and the government, they're like salivating because they're like, you know what? Yes, great. You graduated. Now we're going to give you access to hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt. And your only criteria is that you graduated. So how is it that the financial institutions and the government can say, yeah, go ahead and go to the school. We don't care how much it is. We're going to say, yeah, you can go and here's the amount of money that you owe. And then if let's say I graduate and I said, you know what? My grades are really good. I got a great business concept. I'm going to just go ahead and forego college and I'm going to go and go straight in and get me a business loan. Denied. Because they would rather give you access to hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of debt than to give you a business loan where the money you might only ask for $50,000. You can't even get access to $50,000 because you need a history. You need all these things to be in place. The line stars got to be aligned. You got to have this. You got to have that. You need money. You need down payments. You need profit and loss sheets. You need all that to get a business loan. But the only criteria that you have when you go to college is, oh, you graduated. And that's my problem. Because who made that rule? Two years earlier, people were just learning how to drive. And the criteria is the same. You graduate from high school, nobody's got a job. No income whatsoever. If you don't have a business established, you have no business background. So you have no school background. Your school background is you graduate from high school. Now, some people who graduate top of their class, and believe me, education is key. I come from a family who believes in education. Huge. We're big, educated people here. And that's what I'm saying is that I wholeheartedly believe that college is the way that you should go. If it's not for you, understand that early. And that's what you need to do. If you need to divert, you need to pivot, you need to do some things. That's cool. I'm not knocking that at all. I'm knocking the fact that these institutions take advantage of kids who are 18 years old. And so here's the problem. You basically sign up for a payday loan. Let's just be honest. You sign up for a payday loan. You sign up for 20. By the time you graduate, it's 70. That's the problem for me because it's like, okay, well, fine. Why wouldn't you just give me 50 from for my business? You get the money back faster. You're going to wait four years. You know why they want to wait four years? Because they want to let that interest accrue over the next four years. They want you to walk out with a basic bachelor's and you owe hundreds of thousands of dollars. And they know the second that you graduate, they're like, hey, remember us? Yeah, that loan, we're going to need that money back. And most of the people who are graduating with a bachelor's degree, blessed if you do come out making enough to cover yours. But most people are coming out and they're like, okay, well, I got my bachelor's. I'm going to sign for a job. Jobs require, careers require bachelor's. And then they say, okay, you know what? Great. You got your bachelor's. 
but it don't have enough experience to go to the next level of pay. So we're going to start you off here and then we're going to gradually move you through and you should be able to get to a, a higher pay grade. That could take a year. That could take five. It's just up to the company. So my question is, who made this rule? Make it make sense. Who sat down and said, we're going to give all of these 18 year olds. I was 18 at one time, too. That's why I know how this works. Most of the average, most average Americans know how this works. We were 18. Who decided to give 18 year olds access to all this debt and the same requirements as if I wanted to open up a business? Nobody has the income. Make it make sense. Who did this? Who is continually doing this? And I don't understand, like, you don't see that that's a problem. Like, they've cracked down financial institutions about how much money they're loaning out, allowing kids to buy cars. And I know they've cracked down on that, but the point still stands. Not that they shouldn't give the kids their loans for education. You need to lighten up and let kids also build businesses. And I know a lot of times people are like, well, they can borrow from family and friends. No, no. Y'all giving out money on one side, give it out on the other. Let these kids be great. There are some kids out here who could be great. So again, make it make sense. Business loans, student loans, debt, interest, all the same. Make it make sense. Coming up next, we have Tamika Reed, the head coach of the women's basketball team at Jackson State University, which, if you don't know, was an HBCU that did damage. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. All right. All 
All right, listen, we're here with the head women's basketball coach of Jackson State University, Coach Tamika Reed, where the rings reside, where the rings reside, where the rings reside. (laughs) Coach, thank you for joining us here on Montgomery & Company. Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. It's certainly an honor. We're blessed. We're blessed to have you. (laughs) So, Coach Reed, I'm the product. I'm an HBCU baby. Both of my parents snook right there. They both went to HBCUs and that's where they met. Now I've been married 40 plus years. So this is a very welcoming environment. I just wanted to talk to you about like when you took the job as a coach of an HBCU, like what did that mean to you? You know, I've always had my eyes set to be the head coach of Jackson State. I was the assistant coach here some years ago, and we just could not touch the platform in which I hoped that we could touch. Um, But nevertheless, we were very successful when I was assistant coach, and the Lord took me on a different journey away from the HBCU, where I coached at predominantly white institutions, and then I came back to Jackson State. And upon coming back to Jackson State, I knew that I wanted my legacy as a head coach to be a lot different from when I worked as an assistant coach. Um, I wanted to accomplish some things that had never been accomplished before. And so to get an opportunity to do that in my hometown, it's just been a phenomenal experience for sure. No, I mean, you guys have really put yourselves on the map because I know like HBCUs, I speak a lot about it, never under talented, always underfunded. And so what you guys did in the tournament, moral victories, whatever, whatever. But what you all did was so impressive. LSU is a powerhouse and that defense and that culture that you we all saw on display. Just talk about that run that you all had in the tournament, because, I mean, there was a lot of people on Twitter that was pulling for Jackson State. I saw yes. the tweets. Yeah, y'all, this year has just been so amazing. It's just been so outstanding on so many levels. I can't really explain. But I will tell you this in the short version of it. When we won a regular season championship, I asked the players if they wanted to stay after the game and cut the nets down. They said, no, we're going to cut the nets down in the tournament. And I said, the tournament? You have to win the tournament to cut the nets down. They said, coach, don't worry. We got this. We're going to cut it down in the tournament. So I said, okay. They played their butts off. And it was times we got down, but they played their butts off. Won the tournament, okay? I got into the locker room after the game. They threw this huge cooler of water on me. And (laughs) then they just, they threw the entire cooler. So I told my staff, we got to have celebration one-on-one with the players. That's not... (laughs) (laughs) right i had a bruise on my back from the cooler like what the world (laughs) so after we had that many celebration the players just looked they were just sitting on their phones it was no overly excitement and i said i love y'all and they said why you say that coach i said because it's more inside of you It's more inside of you and it's something else that you are ready to go do. And when we got to the NCAA tournament, they were so locked in. We changed our entire approach. We put in a new defense. We put in several new offenses. We did not want to be predictable going into that game. And the team was so locked in with being different. And when we got down, they never put their heads down. We adjusted. We made some adjustments. We made some different calls. We ran offenses that to make them successful. 
And it just went from there. And I was so very proud of how hard they played and how together we played. You know, you want to win when, you, when you're that close. Yes. You want to win. But, you know, it was phenomenal. And I think we made a mark and now we have something to build from. Absolutely. Absolutely. You have a lot to build on and you had some powerful statements in your press conference after the game that I think that people should have just been printing it out, put it on posters because you were speaking on topics that probably some people know about when it comes to HBCUs and different things. And then maybe others don't, but can you just kind of, for the people that may not have been able to hear your press conference afterwards and everything, can you just kind of talk about what you were saying there? Cause it was powerful. Yeah, when I went into the locker room, my players had their heads down. They were crying profusely. It was just a really tough sight to see. They really wanted it so bad. And I told them in the locker room, and this is what I talked about in the, the press conference, you know, yes, we, we made mistakes. Yes, we missed free throws in crucial moments. But, you know, we had a game plan. Unfortunately, because of the way we are viewed, because uh, of us being at somebody else's home, we just had so many odds against us. And for me, you know, they were upset with the officiating. And I told them they have to deal with that. They have to go to sleep at night and deal with that. The entire world saw what happened. And we won't stop at that. We knew what we were getting into when we came in this facility. We knew the odds that were against us. But we won't stop right there. We are knocking on walls. We are knocking on doors. And our players understand that. We've been knocking all year. And soon that door has to come down, not just for Jackson State, but for all HBCUs. Amen. That was my field for the team. Yes, yes, yes. That's what I'm trying to tell you. That's why I needed you to say it here again for the people in the back. (laughs) It's so true. You know, like we we're going to be doing an HBCU homecoming uh, tour with just Think Tank Productions. And there's certain things that people don't understand. Look, I'm an HBCU baby, so I'm going to bang my drum loud about it. But what are some of the things for people that don't know, like, well, what is the whole big deal about HBCUs? Like, you know, like, because there's a whole part of the world that may not know. So what is it about HBCUs that needs to be invested in and, and given more energy to? Well, we don't necessarily have the resources. We don't have the nutrition bars. Our players are not eating the food, the proper foods that they need for energy, for muscle enhancement. You know, it's just we, you, we have to be creative in that. Um, sometimes we don't have all of the proper weight room equipment, you know, we don't have the top of the line locker rooms, you know, we just kind of have things to just kind of hold us through to get through. I'm not downplaying my athletic director and what we have here at Jackson state, but obviously we're not on the same level as our power five institutions we have a lot of resources and opportunities that we lack here again we are underfunded and so we we need people to put money back we need the alumni to get heavily involved not just when we're winning but because they are a graduate of this institution and they want to give back that's what we need you know and that's what's going to help us continue to go forward we have to be creative this year after we lost to Baylor last year in the tournament by 50 points and I walked off the court 
with my head down, totally forgetting that we were and are the SWAC champions. Come on. All I could think about was getting beat by 50. And I told our trainer, our strength and conditioning coach, I want the same workout plan that South Carolina is using, women's basketball. I want the same workout plan that Baylor women's basketball is using. Get on the phone and get these workouts. I want the equipment. I want the vitamins. I want the supplements. And whatever it's going to cost, I'm going to raise money for it. And that's what we did. Wow. We didn't have it to that level, but we had just enough for our girls to say, oh, it's game time. Wow. Oh, we're doing the same thing they're doing. You know, that's amazing. I just thought about something. So the previous year, you lost by 50 to Baylor. And you said, I'm going to change my mind. I'm going to change up the stuff. I'm going to make sure we invest in our players. And then this is kind of like a full circle moment. LSU has to say, you know where I'm going with this, don't you? (laughs) You gave LSU a run for their money just a year later by just doing those changes that you just decided to be creative on your own. Like that's an easy marker because it was the same thing. So congrats to you on just taking hold of that because that's amazing. And then I just wanted to ask you about the impact that Deion Sanders has had on Jackson State. There's so much energy there right now with the program. Is it trickling down to the women's side? Is the athletic department getting built up from the football department, which wouldn't be a bad thing because we see that happening at Power 5 schools all the time. The football program carries the school so is that kind of on the horizon for Jackson State absolutely coach prime has came in and has brought a lot of great positive national attention and energy to our institution it feels great to be a household name it feels great to walk around with JSU on our chest and everybody knows JSU whether it's that's what the work work we it, yes Prime is here. Forget forget who I am. We prime is here. You know, and so it feels great to have that. And y'all, when we travel on our JSU bus, it's wrapped in his motto, I believe. So people are taking pictures of our bus. People are wanting to get on the bus. Hey, is Coach Prime on there? And so my players think it's really funny. So they always come back and say, no, we have Miss Prime on here. You know, they call me their prime time, but he has certainly brought so much prestige and honor and recognition to our, our school, to our city. He is certainly bringing in funds to all programs, especially, you know, lifting up football. It's looking great over there with the new facilities that they have. We're next in line to get our facilities done. So it's helping tremendously. For sure. Love it. And let me just say Coach Prime because I know he prefers to be called Coach Prime. I was only saying Deion Sanders for the people that may not know, but we will call him Coach Prime because that's what he wants to be called. Because we do believe in, like you said, I love that that's becoming a household name because you're starting to see now a lot of coaches, NFL players coming back to coach HBCUs and not even that NBA players And so I'm curious, Coach, you know, we've been seeing fashion at the forefront. They've been calling her Louis Vuitton Dawn for Dawn Staley and what she was wearing. Now, you came correct, too. You even got a little Gucci hat on right now. Talk (laughs) talk about how 
fashion is evolving in the spaces, coaches, because it used to be so buttoned up, blazers and stuff, but now we're seeing a little drip, some flavor. Yeah, you know, Dawn Staley certainly opened the door for the drip, okay? She <laughs> is just phenomenal. I can only touch that surface just a little bit. You know, she, <laughs> she's the highest paid coach in America, so, you know, it's only so much that I can do, but I took that bonus money and went and got something nice. <laughs> <laughs> I see you. I see you. I don't blame you at yes. all. <laughs> yes, but COVID-19, the pandemic, allowed for us to be a little bit more casual. So we got away from the suits a lot, but my staff and I wore suits and dressed up for the tournament, the NCAA tournament. We wanted to do something a little bit different, but our students that we're recruiting, they love fashion. Yep. You know, with the NIL <laughs> deals, with the cost of attendance, you know, they're getting in checks every month that's way more than we could have imagined as athletes. And so they love to see that fashion because that's what they're wearing as well. Yes. So I just want to stay in times. And, and if I can be called the baby Louis Vuitton, <laughs> you know, I, I want to do it. I want to be Dawn Staley on our level for sure. <laughs> no, it's beautiful because I just like how things are evolving. I think it is dope that the coaches now can express themselves through their clothes. And like you said, you never know what will attract players to you or have players connect to you. So I just like what I'm seeing in the sense of that is the culture. Fashion is culture. So if you bring a little bit of yourself and your fashion to the court, you're bringing the culture to the court. So I can't thank you enough for what you're doing yes. in the HBCUs and everything going on. And listen, don't get discouraged because there was a lot of people behind you guys. I'm telling you, I was watching on Twitter as the game was going yes, on. We were rooting for you. And the closer it got, yes. <laughs> and the closer yes. we were, yes, and the closer it got towards the end, everyone was behind JSU. So there's yes. one thing I always like to ask everyone that comes on MoCo, and it's, and it's about generational wealth because when we see it in other communities, it's intentional. It's thought of. It's inherited. But in our community, we don't see it. So I'm curious, what does generational wealth mean to you? Well, you know, I want to position my family to have something that I hadn't had this, the chance to have. And I think with the way the game is growing, it's allowing us to set that foundation for generational wealth. It's allowing us to be in that position to have that. But that's really important. We have to set ourselves up for that. Because every mom and wants to put their kids in positions better than what they were. And so that's really important for me. Love it. You know, and I think we're on track for that. Everything that we do, we want to increase, 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 you know, and we want God to continue to show that favor. Amen. And I think generational Amen. wealth is not just monetary. I think it's about blessing where the mercy. We want all of that to continue to be with us and then to abide in that so we can continue to go to new levels. Amen. Wow, I love that. Coach, I know you be having the players ready to run through a wall for you the way you be out here preaching, <laughs> girl. I feel motivated right now. I'm telling you. I mean, that's the sign of a good coach where when you talk, we feel it. We don't just hear it, we feel it. And yeah, we feel you. you, Coach Reed. So we'll thank be behind you. you. Just know that all of us here sitting here, yes, we yes, will yes. be behind yes, JSU and you guys yes, as you forward snooker book is the one that went to an hbcu west virginia state so yeah you know i was born into this i was born into my yep, love for we hbcus we and we will continue to support awesome. you along the way thank you guys so much 
You know, I was asking where the money reside, where the money reside. And then I started to remember that it resides with Tom Brady. He just got a deal 10 years, $375 million for whenever he decides to retire. Imagine that. What a time. And speaking of what a time, shouts to the Levitard and Friends crew network family because I know y'all thriving right now. Miami Heat just won game one in the Eastern Conference Finals, and we know game two is tonight. So good luck. It's kind of weird, though, because Suzanne is all the way Boston Celtics, so I don't got a dog in the fight. I just want to see seven games, period. Last but not least, the Atlanta Dream are going to the building, Gateway Center Arena, tomorrow. I'll see you there. It's a generational thing here at MoCo. I. Hello, it is your partner, Big Boy. Interested in giving back to your community while making new connections in your neighborhood? Introducing Neighbor to Neighbor, a California volunteers network that empowers you to take action, contribute to local needs, and be a part of something bigger than yourself. Visit caneighbors.com to learn more about how you can get to know your neighbor and strengthen your community. Neighbor to neighbor, it takes a neighborhood. Hello.